Namo Bhagavate Vasudevaya Kamasyat Mano Rupam Sarveho Patvaratishthanu Manasam Sparashajandristva Bhogam Swapsyamisam Visham the actual form of life for the living entities is one of spiritual happiness, which is real happiness. This happiness can be achieved only when one stops all materialistic activities. Material sense enjoyment is simply imagination. Therefore, considering this subject matter, I have ceased from all material activities and am lying down here. Purport by His Divine Grace, Srila A.C. Bhaktivedanta Swami Prabhupada. The difference between the philosophy of the Mayavadis and that of the Vaishnavas is explained herein. Both the Mayavadis and the Vaishnavas know that in materialistic activities there is no happiness. The Mayavadi philosophers, therefore, adhering to the slogan, Brahma Satyam Jagan Mitya want to refrain from false materialistic activities. They want to stop all activities and merge in the Supreme Brahman. According to the Vaishnava philosophy, however, if one simply ceases from materialistic activity, one cannot remain inactive for very long. And therefore, everyone should engage himself in spiritual activities which will solve the problem of suffering in this material world. It is said, therefore, that although the Mayavadi philosophers strive to refrain from materialistic activities and merge into Brahman, and although they may actually merge in the Brahman existence, <clears throat> for want of activity they fall down again into materialistic activity. Thus, the so-called renouncer, unable to remain in meditation upon Brahman, returns to materialistic activities by opening hospitals and schools and so on. Therefore, simply cultivating knowledge that materialistic activities cannot give one happiness and that one should consequently cease from such activities is insufficient. One should cease from materialistic activities and take up spiritual activities. Then the solution to the problem will be achieved. Spiritual activities are activities performed according to the order of Krishna. If one does whatever Krishna says, his activities are not material. For example, when Arjuna fought in response to the order of Krishna, his activities were not material. Fighting for sense gratification is materialistic activity, but fighting by the order of Krishna is spiritual. By spiritual activities, one becomes eligible to go back home, back to Godhead, and then enjoy blissful life eternally. Here in the material world, everything is but a mental concoction that will never give us real happiness. The practical solution, therefore, is to cease from materialistic activities and engage in spiritual activities. Jagyaratha Kamanon Yatra Loko Mam Karma Bandhana. 
If one works for the sake of pleasing the Supreme Lord, Yajna, or Krishna, one is in the braided life. If one fails to do so, however, he remains in a life of bondage. Om Agyantimirandasya Gyananjana Chalakaya Aksurun militam jena tasmai sri guru venama mukam karoti vachalam angum nangayate kirim yat kiripatamaham bande sri gurum dinatharanam vanchakal patarubhyascha kiripasindubhyaevacha otitanam bhavanibhyo Vaishnavebhyo namo namaha Bande Sri Krishna Chaitanya Nityanando Sahodato Gorodaye Puspavanto Chitrasando Tamonato Sri Krishna Chaitanya Prahunitananda Sri Advaita Gadadhara Sri Basadi Gaurabhaktavinda Hare Krishna, Hare Krishna, Krishna Krishna, Hare Hare, Hare Rama, Hare Rama, Rama Rama, Hare Hare, Hare Krishna, Hare Krishna, Krishna Krishna, Hare Hare, Hare Rama, Hare Rama, Rama Rama, Hare Hare. The actual form of life for the living entities is one of spiritual happiness, which is real happiness. This happiness can be achieved only when one stops all materialistic activities. Material sense enjoyment is simply imagination. Therefore, considering this subject matter, I have ceased from all material activities, and I am lying down here. Prahlad Maharaj inquired from the great Avadhuta Sanyasi why he was simply laying in the forest. Apparently inactive. And how it was that although he was not striving like everyone in this world. He was being so nicely maintained physically, mentally, as well as spiritually. And here the great Brahman is describing his reasoning for choosing to live such a life. First of all, there is a great illusion that he is describing that is pervading this entire material existence. It is called the hard struggle for existence. Krishna describes in Bhagavad Gita 
prakriti kriyamana nigunai karamani saravasha. That the living entities think that they are the doers of their activities. They think that the results of their activities are dependent on their endeavors. And therefore, simply to maintain their physical bodies, people are dedicating practically all the precious energies of their human life. Practically no one within the society today even has time for spiritual life. At least this is what they claim. They feel that they have so many matters in regard to maintaining their family, their social position, their prestige, and so on, that they are working like, like dogs. Prabhupada explains this type of mentality is mudha. It is like an ass. An ass is working so hard that he is foaming at the mouth. He is carrying huge burdens on his back just so that at the end of the day he will be given a little grass to eat, a place to sleep, and he will have the facility to have sex life with a female ass. Well, factually, there is grass everywhere on the sides of the roads. Ah. He does not need to work so hard, but this is the great illusion because he has a master who is working him in this way, he is thinking that he must work so hard. So similarly, Maya, this material energy, everyone is under her supervision. She is the master of this creation. And she is giving all of us the illusion that if we do not work so hard to foam at the mouth like an ass, then we will not be happy in this world. She is giving us the impression that, my dear sir, the, the sadhus are coming to teach you about spiritual life, but you do not have time for this nonsense. You're a practical man. You're a man of this world. You have responsibilities. Spiritual life, this is very nice. Phantasmagoria. First of all, we do not even know whether it's true or not true, what they're talking about. And besides that, even if it is true, if you just do your work and work hard and surrender to me like an ass, then what do you need God for? You're maintaining your own problem. You're, you're solving your own problems through your economic um, development and through your insurance policies and so on and so forth. You have nothing to worry about. You have all security. This is sure security. That other security, we may, it may be, it may not be. You cannot see it, you cannot feel it, you cannot touch it. How do you know? This is something real, tangible. Money. Money is tangible, real. You can, you can take it, you can buy things with it. The mercy of God, how do you know what, what it will do for you? The communists, they used to do like this. They would go to the churches and they would see everyone in the, waiting to get in the church. What you, you are praying to your God for bread? 
ask us for bread. After you come out, when they come out, did God give you bread? They say, well, God doesn't give like that. God gives after some time. He is very merciful, but, you know, he is not. Will you ask us for bread? They give bread, and they give bread. Uh, you see, so who do you believe? Do you believe in God, or do you believe in us? We have the money. We have the wealth. We have the grains. So you should surrender to us. Actually, this is the way Maya is tricking everyone. People are so in much in this illusion of being practical-minded and pragmatic that they want the security of those sense objects that can be attained simply through hard work. But the Avaduta Brahman, he is here saying that the harder you work, the more miserable you become. Because karma means work. The more work you do for any desire for material purposes, the more you become entangled. The more you entangle, the more frustrated you become by the complexities of material existence. And therefore we find Businessmen, politicians, doctors, lawyers, they work so hard for security, for economic development, for prosperity, but within their hearts they are simply poverty-stricken, frustrated, and miserable, lonely people. Because real happiness can never be understood through any material endeavors. Therefore, the Avaduta Brahman is describing that he has been around this world and he has seen it all. And through his experience, he's decided to completely give up all material activities. And he's describing that just see, I've given up all material activities. I'm simply surrendering to God with faith. And I, am I starving? I have more, I'm actually overweight. <laughs> Krishna is providing me more than I require. Because I am surrendered to him. He's taking care of me. Lord Jesus, he taught his disciples because his disciples, they were very much afraid to go with him. He was teaching surrender. He was teaching, leave your occupations, leave your homes, follow me. They were saying, but what? How, how can we just follow you? His first disciple, Peter, he was a fisherman. And Lord Jesus saw him. He was throwing the net in, and no fishes were coming out. Then Jesus said, throw the net in again. And he threw it in, and then hundreds, thousands of fishes were in the net. He was thinking, oh my God, now I'm a rich man. Jesus said, throw him back in, nonsense, just follow me. Huh? What do you mean, follow you? How will I maintain? He said, you just follow me, you become a fisherman amongst men. You help me to take the, the fish-like human beings out of the ocean of material existence. And don't worry about these things. God will provide for you. 
And whenever his disciples were worried about, but what about our jobs and how will we maintain? He always instructed them the same way, that you just depend on Krishna, you just depend on God and there is no problem. Just see the lilies in the field. Do they toil for wealth? But yet God dresses them with more beautiful clothing than even Solomon, the king, with all his glory. And the birds and the insects, are they striving and toiling to make a living? But the Lord provides for them. In fact, the Lord provides for everyone. So you do not think if you surrender to him and become his devotee and dedicate your life in his service, he will not provide for you? There is the famous story of the original commentator of Srimad Bhagavatam, Sridhar Swami. His wife was pregnant. He was thinking, as long as my wife is pregnant, I have to stay with her. But as soon as she has her baby, I will leave this place, take sannyas. So then what happened is his wife gave birth and immediately after she died. So he was thinking, my God, I have this baby. I want to surrender to Krishna everything and become a sannyasi, but now this baby, I have to stay home and be its protector. And he began to pray to the Lord, please give me some direction, give me some insight in what I should do. And just at that time, a beautiful little lizard fell in front of him. It was a baby lizard, tiny little, little tiny baby lizard. Ah, and he was thinking, what is this? And then a little fly dropped near the baby lizard and the baby lizard stuck out its tongue and grabbed the fly and ate it. And he was thinking, ah, God has answered my prayer. Just see how the Lord <coughs> is providing for everyone. I'm thinking out of illusion that I am providing for this child, but actually Krishna is providing for everything. Whatever efforts I make, it is only by the grace and the glory of God that there is any results. So if I surrender to Krishna, do I not think that Krishna will not preserve what I have and carry what I lack? That is his promise. So then he left. And Krishna provided for everything and he became a great source. His service became a source of nourishment for literally millions and millions of great souls for all time to come. Because the food of transcendental knowledge is the most important and significant food which is required for the, for the needs of the soul. So therefore, this is such an illusion that we do not have time for spiritual life because we have to toil and struggle and spend so much time simply making a living. Krishna consciousness is a life of simple living and high thinking. It's better to live, you'll be more happy living in a simple shack, pulling the water from a well, milking your own cows, and eating simply a few japatis every day and chanting the holy names and living peacefully than living in a big opulent 
um, palatial building with so many butlers and servants, and you're just working like an ass, frustrated by your economic um, pursuits in life, and your whole, your whole purpose of life is defeated. Simple living high thinking means you, you maintain what you need. You don't struggle and strive beyond what you need. And then you have plenty of time to pursue the goal of life, which is the only real means of happiness, and that is self-realization. But people are, have become so greedy and so lusty and so envious and so competitive due to these anartas or unwanted things that they are completely intoxicated, infatuated, and illusioned by this material nature. Factually, the beggars on the streets, they are not starving. God is providing even for them. And they are not even his devotees. They have practically no sense of surrender to him. So therefore, simple living high thinking is the only means by which we can truly understand the real goal of life, Krishna consciousness. Srila <clears throat> Prabhupada describes to us that in the days, even just one or two generations back in India, the, the culture was so centered around religion, so centered around God consciousness, that people would work hard. It's not that you should not work hard. Everyone should work hard. But in proportion, to the necessity with an understanding of the highest necessity and the greatest necessity which is the development of our God consciousness. <clears throat> he said that people would go to the temple every morning. This whole, entire villages would live like this. Not just the temple, but this is entire villages. They would all come to the temple in the morning. They would chant. They would hear philosophy. They would go home, they would take prasad, they would work during the day. Before sunset, they would all come together, they would have kirtan, they would hear Mahabharat, Srimad Bhagavat, Ramayan. For several hours, and then thinking of the beautiful glories of the Lord, they would take rest. In this way, throughout the day, they were God conscious because there was such a priority of God-consciousness in their life. But now people are taking one, two, three, four, five jobs, working overtime, simply so that they can get a little more money, which is completely unnecessary. This material society in Kali Yuga, there is such a propagation of artificial necessities of life especially in the Western world. And it is very much becoming fashionable in the cities of India. There is this idea of what is necessary in life, complete non-essentials. The essentials in life is a place to stay, some, nice, some simple prasad, and the holy name, 
what else do you need? A little clothing. Ah, recently in, uh, what was it, the Philippines, they found the, the wife of the prime minister of the country. They were taxing the poor people like anything. People were struggling to survive and they were taxing them like anything. And what were they doing with the taxes? They find, found within her closet, what was it, something like 9,000 pairs of shoes imported from all over the world. Now what do you do with 9,000 pairs of shoes? I mean, she would wear like a, a different pair, 10 pairs a day. She just didn't know what to do. And she was thinking, this is necessary? They found literally millions and millions of dollars of clothes within her closet. <clears throat> ah. And she was actually thinking that these are necessary things. Now to you and me, we're thinking, what kind of a crazy illusion is that? She's thinking this is necessary. But she thought it was necessary. But I'll tell you, people who are living a simple God-conscious life, when they see what you think is necessary in life, they see you to be extravagant and as, and as exaggerated as, as, as we see her. No matter how much you have, if you're greedy, you never have enough. You always need more. It's necessary to have more. It's the essentials to have more. In America, if there's not a telephone in each room, a television in each room in the house, if each member of the family does not have his own automobile, if everyone doesn't have a grand wardrobe of clothing, then you don't have the essentials. Then you're poor, you're, you're low class, you're deprived. Ah, these are the essentials. If you go to the villages, sometimes we go to Brindavan, the villages. People, they simply walk some distance, get some water from the well, bathe in the lake, they cook some japatis and they chant Hare Krishna. What else do they need? If you try to give them some modern technology, they reject it. They say, this is all just a disturbance. Get it away. Huh? Simple living high thinking. So this Avadhuta Brahman, he has captured this understanding. As far as he's concerned, all this hard struggle for existence, survival of the fittest, is all such an illusion. He does not want to have anything to do with it. As far as I'm concerned, I'm just going to sit here and think of Krishna, and you just, just see. All I'm doing is thinking of Krishna, and he is providing everything I need. May not be everything you need, <laughs> but it's everything I need. You may think you need more, something more than laying in the jungle, getting enough food. But as far as he's concerned, because he's self-satisfied, he doesn't require even that. The reason why people are working so hard, like the asses, like the mudhas, is because they have no self-satisfaction. 
because they're basically frustrated and miserable from within, so they're constantly groping for more and more and more and more and more from outside for some peace, for some happiness, for some security, which they can never find. The real security is in faith in God. Without the security of faith of God, there's no security in this world, no matter what arrangements you make. The big nations of the world, just for security purposes, they are creating billions and billions of dollars worth of bombs and nuclear weapons. They have huge armies of military forces. And who feels secure with all their bombs and military forces? The bigger you grow, the more insecure you become. Because there's always somebody else who's building just as many bombs and who is developing just as many military forces. Huh? So what is the security? What an illusion. India has the second largest army in the entire world for security purposes. That security is supposed to create a sense of peace and happiness. Huh? But yet Pakistan is developing certain submarines and nuclear missiles that even India doesn't have. So there's still fear. And within the country, there's terrorism and, and religious, so-called religious wars and, and um, domestic fighting. And people are still completely insecure. Huh? In America, so much bombs, so much huge army military training. But what is the security? You just walk out of your house in your, own, in, your, in your own city and somebody comes and mugs you and rapes you and robs you and beats you. Huh? What is the security? Big forces are created to protect us from outside forces, but from within, there's total strife. Right? India has a huge army to protect from outside forces, but within its own country, it's in complete anxiety. Huh? All their big armies cannot protect itself from terrorism, strife, poverty, and all these other things. America, too. Big armies, big bombs, so many weapons to protect it from outside forces, but within, the whole country is becoming drug addicts, practically speaking. There's, the crime rate is higher and more fearful than ever. AIDS and other diseases, cancer is just keeping everyone in complete anxiety. So you see, this is very symbolic. You can make so many arrangements for some security in this world, but within your own self, there's so much chaos and so much strife that there's no peace, there's no happiness, there's no security. It's all an illusion, a grand illusion. Unless we find peace, unless we find security within our own hearts, there's no question of security no matter what arrangements you make in this world, no matter how hard you work, no matter how much money you make, no matter what position you have. It is all simply maya, ignorance. And the only security is faith. 
when we have faith in Krishna, faith in the mercy of Krishna, faith in Rupa Goswami's statement that if you simply surrender to Krishna, everything else will be attained. You need not endeavor separately for anything else except surrendering to Krishna. If you water the root of the tree, you do not have to worry about every leaf, branch, and twig of the tree. The whole tree will be nourished. But if you neglect the root of the tree, no matter how much you struggle and strive your whole life to maintain that tree, the tree will simply dwindle and die right before your eyes. Huh? That is the condition of material world. Therefore, the priority, the purpose of life, is to water the root of the tree, is to engage in the loving service of the Supreme Personality of Godhead. With no fear, no fear of the material conditions of this world. No matter what you do, you're going to have to grow old, get diseased and die in this world. It's just a matter of time. You cannot prevent that. There's no security against that on the physical plane. Therefore, why not strive to invest our precious human energy in that which our returns are eternal, rather than where our returns are ever diminishing. This is wise investment. This is real security. So take it from the instruction of this great Avaduta Brahman. After seeing the frustrations of the life of the mudhas of this world, working so hard, finding no real happiness, he has understood that the living entity is by nature spiritually happy. And simply by engaging in God's service, simply by remembering the Supreme Personality of Godhead. Mm. Simply by trusting and having faith in His mercy, there is nothing else we have to strive for in life. He is the maintainer, the protector of everyone. And if we agree to accept a simple life dedicated in the service of the Lord, not a lazy life, please try to understand there is a difference. A devotee is never lazy. A devotee is always very ambitious and works very hard in the service of God. Not out of greed, but out of devotion. He works very hard for God's pleasure. And if we have faith that simply by serving Krishna, Krishna will protect us and all things will be attained, that faith and that faith alone can carry us across the ocean of material existence. And bring us to that ultimate destination 
Brahmabhuta Prasanatmana Sotati Nakangshati. That destination of real peace, real love, in the in the presence of the Lord within our heart. Thank you very much. Hare Krishna. Is there any questions? Uh, in Bhagavad Gita it is said, the one place where it is said that uh, with, uh, without activity, even the maintenance of the body is not possible. And uh, here we find this avadhuta lying without any activity. Now, why is this? Uh, mm. What does it mean? If, if that is so, can mm. everybody just lie like that and just hope? I mean, have faith, complete faith in Krishna and just like He is engaging in activity, but his activity is different than yours. His activity is internal activity. <clears throat> his faith, his devotion, his always chanting the names of God and remembering the, the Lord is also activity. This is a certain stage of life. The Paramhamsa stage of life is when you retire from all material activities and simply remember Krishna. And Krishna provides everything for you. But you cannot artificially become a Paramhamsa. You have to go through the stages. The stages are Brahmachari, Grihastavana, Prasanyas, and then Sanyas, which is the topmost order of life, there are four categories. The first is Kutichak, second is Bahudhak, third is Parivrajakacharya, and the, the final stage of a sannyasi is Paramhamsa. Through all these orders of life, there is a certain work prescribed to you in the service of the Lord. But in the Paramhamsa stage, there's no work. You just sit down and you just remember Krishna. That is a perfectional stage. So yes, if you have that quality of faith and devotion, you can just sit down and Krishna will provide everything for you. You are factually doing more work than anyone else in society. Just by your purity of thinking of Krishna with such love, you're purifying the entire atmosphere. Huh? Just like it is said <clears throat> that a cow, the oxen, you know what the oxen's doing? He's working so hard with the bullock, right? <clears throat> he's plowing the fields. And you see he's just, just, just going through those rice paddies and lifting his legs through the mud and pulling the plow. And he's working very hard. And the cow, the cow is just sitting under a tree, just chewing grass like this. Huh? But factually, the cow is working harder than the oxen. Because it takes more energy for the cow just to chew the grass and, and turn the grass into milk than it does for the oxen to plow the fields. Although she sits, she looks like she's real lazy. If you look at the oxen and look at the cow, the cow looks pretty lazy. She's just sitting there. And the oxen's going... Huh? So you cannot always see what hard work is. She's working very hard. 
So similarly, the great sages, just by sitting, digesting the transcendental subject matter of the Vedas, they are working very hard. <laughs> And they provide the milk of transcendental knowledge to nourish the whole human society. Hmm? Go on. Any other questions? Do the communists, they don't have any goddess? Well, this is nonsense. The communists, everyone has God. No, the question is, they don't understand God. No, but what do I mean? I mean, actually, in Russia, what, what is the religion that they follow? Generally, what is the, the, uh, the national religion is atheism. But within the country, people are more enthusiastic about religion than practically anywhere else in the world. Because you do not usually value something until it's taken away. In India, they have the highest religion, but people take it for granted so much, they take it so cheaply, they take it so casually, they do their puja, they say, yes, I know God, and then they just engage in worldly activities. But in Russia, because they're not allowed, at least in the past, they were not allowed to engage in spiritual activities, they were so anxious to surrender everything, they would give their life. Just to read the Bhagavad Gita, they were willing to go to jail for the rest of their life. Huh? They were so anxious. Some of the most religious people in the world are in the Soviet Union. And the reason why they're so religious is because, they're, because by, the, by the persecution that was upon them, nobody could take religion for granted. You either had to be hot or cold. Jesus said, hot or cold you be. If you're lukewarm, I spit you out. Where religion is free, the tendency is everybody becomes lukewarm. But when there's heavy persecution, you have to either be hot or cold. You have to be very intense, very determined, willing to sacrifice your life for your religion. Therefore, people were very God-conscious. Now that religion has again become legal in Russia, in one sense it's very good, because it's facilitating religion for everyone, but in one sense it's very dangerous, because it will facilitate people to become lukewarm like the rest of the world. Huh? You see, the more the demons persecute, the more the opportunity there is for us to make spiritual advancement. Huh? Even from the history, there was never uh, a What? Right from the beginning of the history that can be traced of Russia, has it always been uh, atheism? No, no. It's basically a Christian country. Of course also a very large Muslim population there. And uh, one more question. And you said that simple living and high thinking is uh, better. Mm. So is it better to, if, if feasible, is it better to just uh, uh, get relieved of all this uh, advanced technology? It's, it's best to use everything in Krishna's service. Now that the world is already so much overcome by technology, so if you can use it in God's service, that is also simple living high thinking. 
Simple living and high thinking means you do not, you do not make extra endeavor for your sense gratification but to utilize whatever assets in this world there are for God's service. That is also simple living, high thinking. For yourself, you need very little. For yourself, you just, whatever God provides. But you can use technology for the sake of preaching, for the sake of preaching to others. That is also simple living, high thinking. You're not using it out of greed. You're using it out of compassion. That is high thinking. Huh? Just like Srila Prabhupada, he would be flying on jet airplanes, he would be using um, dictaphones, his disciples were using very, very large press operations. Uh, but himself, he was just wearing very simple sannyasi clothes, he was just chanting Hare Krishna, he would eat a little prasad for himself. None of that was for him, it was all for others, for preaching. So himself, he lived the simplest life but yet he was willing to utilize all the most modern technology of this world for the sake of God's work. That is simple living high thinking also. Any other questions?